Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Hello, Vic Show, take two. Welcome to The Vic Show, I'm wearing a crown. You know why? Because we're going to sing a song called I Shall Wear a Crown. Here we go. Run it up. I'll get it. I shall wear a crown. Yeah, I shall wear a crown. When the zumble blah. I got to learn the words before I leave choir. That's right. Oh, look. Here comes that Christmas spirit. That's right. When the trumpet sounds. I shall wear a crown. I shall see his face. See his amazing grace. I'm making up words. That's right. Right, Superman? Sing Amazing Grace. Vic Show. Greetings. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Vic Show. I'm back again. You thought you got rid of me for the first minute. Thank you. Thank you. We've been having technical difficulties this week. You know what that tells me? It tells me we're doing something right. It tells me we're doing something right. Proverbs 16, 3 and 4, I think. I know it's Proverbs 16, and I'll stop yelling in a moment, but I'm excited, and I feel like fighting, but fighting for just causes. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Commit, listen, get, put your seatbelt on because I'm, I'm revved up. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Not, hear me now, not commit to the Lord your plans. Commit to the Lord what you do, not what you're planning to do. Not, don't tell the Lord what you want to do. Don't tell the Lord what you're thinking about doing. Don't even ask the Lord for guidance sometimes. Start doing. God's not going to guide you by His Word necessarily. Hear me now, hear me now, hear me now. But He will guide you in your doing. Commit to the Lord what you do, not what you think about. Commit to the Lord what you do, not what your agenda is. Commit to the Lord what you're doing. Commit to the Lord what your actions are. What are you doing now? Don't tell me what you're thinking. Show me what you're doing. And the rest of the verse says, and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even for a even the wicked for a day of disaster. Meaning if there's hair in that shot. Meaning, <laughs> it's Vic Show, you know you love it. Dying, your finger got on TV. Okay, never mind. We have a lot going on. Commit to the Lord what you're doing. So this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're getting on the Vic Show. Hi, I'm Victor Bowers. Terry's back there, Diane, Nathan in there, and Rick and Arente. Angela's out sick. Angie Brown Doggett is out sick. But we're still going to carry on. We miss her, but we still got to do what we do because that's what we're doing. We're not thinking about doing it. We're doing it. Even if there's someone missing, we're going to do it because this is what the Lord has given us. So we're going to take every opportunity, even if we have to go through the motions, even if we have to go through the motions, even if we have to go through the motions, that has a, that's, the, that's what God's looking for. 
you're not faking it if you go through the motions, but you're doing something. You're not copping out. You're getting up and you're going through the motions, and you're a person who will do that. I know it. Because you're watching this show. And this is a show of people who want to do, even, you know, this is not for the weak of heart. So the strong, but not strong in my power, strong in his power. Who's he? Christ, Jesus, the God man, the man who leads us to God, Victor. What are you talking about? Well, just stay tuned. Okay, we're back. We had some technical difficulties. I don't know if Rick's going to edit this out, but the moment I'm talking now, we had some. Our switcher, a, a little machine that works, makes television what it is, which brings all of us to you, wherever you're at, it, it, it's having problems. So we got to deal with something or call B&H or yell at someone or do something, you know, in the right way. Nonetheless, Vic shows here. Upgrade. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> and there is uh, Freddie Frog back there on his unicycle. Because Christmas cheer is on the way. Here comes that Christmas spirit. It's coming to you. Right, I know. Oh, I'm worn out. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, mmm, delicious. Mmm. Mmm. Delicious water. Yes. Oh, so, yes, Vic Show. Uh, on Steve. It's official. Oh, we have the podcast. Yeah, I need to announce the podcast. We have the Vic Show podcast. Since you can't get enough of the Vic Show, it's growing in popularity. Yes, it's growing in popularity from what I hear. Oh, look at that. Look at that cool banner. Nice, yes. Mmm. So why do we, oh. No, we're looking at your sloth. Oh, yeah, sloth is wearing ex-president hair. <laughs> Sorry. I just couldn't let it go to the storage bin. Yes, Sammy Sloth. I got a complaint on him, but so I may have to call him Maurice Monkey or something. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> anyway, everybody has an opinion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had something go through my mind, and I don't need to say it. Um, oh, I'm just. <laughs> uh, huh? It's snowing. Where? Look at the monitor. <laughs> Teleprompter. Oh, oh, it is snowing. <laughs> well, the switcher's apparently working again. <clears throat> Going through the motions. Ah, oh, yes. It's Christmas season, you know. I was in here last night to 1230, putting up these decorations. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I want to start little, little by little. Christmas time's coming around, and I love that time of the year. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It's a lot of work for every, a lot of people. Um, I'm a musician, so it's a lot of work for me. It's on, everybody's busy. I'm not going to get into that because everybody's busy, so I get that. But, um, you know, I wanted to 
put those little trees up and wire them up. Wiring them up is the hard part because you got to run the wire so you don't see it. So you think it's magical. <laughs> but there's nothing magical about it. It's all wired in and I was redoing the floor back there and pulling stuff up and and what I thought would take 15 minutes took about two hours. So you can enjoy it. So we have a cool looking set, you know. Thank you. I was going through the motions. I wasn't thinking about thinking about it. I was doing it. And in the doing, this turns out. Isn't that awesome? Yes. It's in the doing, my friend. Going through the motions. Sometimes that's all you got to give. If you're a parent, you go through the motions a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? And in that, the Lord, if you invite the Lord into those moments, which seem very normal, complicated, nothing, there's nothing spiritual about them. There's nothing magical about them. They're just the drudgery of life. Raising children, raising grandkids, dealing with issues, family issues, relationship issues, which are the hardest issues you'll ever deal with are relationship issues. But you deal, deal with them. You face with them. You do them. And in that, God says, what does he remind us in Proverbs 16, 3 and 4? Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. That's a powerful statement. Commit to the Lord what you do. Victor, I don't know the Lord's will for my life. What should I, what does he want me to do? What is his will? I don't know. What do you feel like doing? Because in your doing, your will, his will will begin, become evident for you. Because it will either succeed or grow or have life or be fruitful. Or it will bankrupt you. Or it will stop. Or it will shut down. That's one of the ways, that's a powerful way God shows his will, is when you start doing, some, will it grow, will it, is it fruitful, or is it not fruitful, or does it burn you out? That's the way God, God told Abraham, start doing, start walking, and in the walking, the righteousness comes. If you don't want to walk, Abram, you're not going to be righteous. It's in your doing, it's in your doing, which is, which is, Exhibited by your action. Your, your faith is exhibited by your action. It's not, our salvation is not by works, but everything else basically is a work. Your salvation is a free gift. You have nothing to do with it. Salvation with God, re- restoration with God in relationship has nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with Jesus, and he's done it. He said, it is finished. Relationship has been restored. God is reunited with his cosmos. And chiefly with mankind. And then the rest of creation follows in suit. But you walk it out. What's the plan for your life? What's God's will for your life? I don't know. But start doing it. Start doing it. What's it? Where are you? What do you like? What do you not like? Something, sometimes you don't know what you want to do, but you know what you don't want to do. So start with what you don't want to do and begin to eliminate And then the scripture says, and your plans will succeed. Hmm. The Lord, got to go into the next verse. The Lord works out everything. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. Even the wicked for a day of disaster. Meaning God will get everything done. The great example of this in scripture is the story of Joseph. Jacob had 12 sons. Joseph 
This is not in my plan, by the way, Nathan, so just go with the flow. J Jacob, father of Israel, had 12 sons, but he had a favorite son, and he didn't hide it. He favored Joseph over all the other sons, and that's being a bad father, and he was ruining his family. He didn't care. He didn't know any better. He was very broken himself. Jacob was a broken man, but God used him because God uses broken people, including you. Jacob favored Joseph, and Joseph was a spoiled brat. Joseph was going to become a ruinous person. Joseph had everything going for him, but he was arrogant. He was proud. He was good-looking. He was smart, and he was, he was his father's favorite son. And he got all the attention, and it was turning the rest of the family, the rest of the 11 brothers, into murderous people. They wanted to murder him. They wanted to get rid of him. And some bad things happened to Joseph. And jo God spent several years breaking down Joseph's pride, breaking through Joseph's arrogance. We don't hear this side of the story. Prison wasn't an accident. Prison was one of the ways God was dealing with Joseph's attitude and Joseph's arrogance and Joseph's immaturity. It hurt. But Joseph had a seed of the love of God in his heart. He didn't turn against God. He humbled. God raised him up. You, we know the story. He became the prime minister of Egypt. And at the end of his life, at the end of Genesis, he makes a statement. It's somewhere in the end of Genesis. He's, he's, he's talking with his brothers. after they're, they're all old men at this point. And they're all there, eating together in fellowship. They've been reunited. It's an amazing story. And Joseph turns to his brothers and says, What you meant for evil, God meant it for good. Why? Because Joseph had never turned his back on God. Most of the time in his early life, Joseph was going through the motions, just trying to survive. But he did it for God. He did it because it's all he knew to do. He wasn't a quitter. And you aren't a quitter either. This is the hard time of the year. But every day is the hard time of the year. The summer's too hot. Spring is too rainy. And in Florida, it's not cold enough. You know? There's always a reason. But you commit whatever, commit to the Lord whatever you do when you're looking for the Lord's will, when you're looking for His will. If you're in a relationship with the Lord, it implies you want to find out the bigger plan for your life. And He has one. I promise you, He has a plan for your life. Everybody has a plan that God has for them in their life. Most people don't know it yet. That's why the good news is so good. That God has a plan for your life, no matter who you are. So when you come to that realization, which is what I'm trying to do when I get up here and preach and talk, it's the foolishness of preaching. Commit to the Lord, whatever you do, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In your doing is when he shapes you. When you move is when God shapes you. If you stay still, he's not going to shape you. Because he uses circumstances, he uses life, he uses other people to shape you into his image. And it hurts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, Victor. Good to hear that voice again. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Okay, that's just a golden nugget. It was not even part of my message, but nonetheless. <sighs> yes. So what should I talk about now? Well, let's talk about the scriptures I sent over. Going through the motions. The reason 
I wore this crown at the beginning of the show, the second beginning of the show. We had two beginnings today. The second beginning of the show. The reason I wore this crown, and we had a song playing, I Shall Wear a Crown, because it's talking about Jesus. Jesus, the God-man, who came and was the embodiment of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God had been prophesied and alluded to all through the Old Testament and at a particular time in history. Uh, Nathan, let's go to Galatians 4. Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells us in the book of Galatians that at a particular time in history, something happened. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons and daughters, you are his children. God sent the spirit of his son into your heart, into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. What that means is when you receive God's gift, you receive his salvation, you receive it into your life, you become his child. You become a child of God. And I know that seems almost simplistic. We hear that some, but this is, it rearranges your life. And why is that so? Because at a point in time, a girl named Mary had an encounter with an angel. And she said, okay, I don't really understand what you're telling me, but I feel peace in my heart. And I want to serve my Lord. She was a good Jewish girl. She wanted to serve God any way she could. She was devout. And she said, I don't understand how I'm going to have a child within that I've never known a man. I'm a virgin, she said. But that's not my headache. That's God's headache. I will submit. I will be obedient. And I will, go through the, I will let my body go through the motion. And I, will, and I will just trust God. And she had a child named Jesus. We all know the story. It's Christmas time. It's what all this is about, the Christmas story. And in Jesus, who was human... As human as Mary was, as human as you are, he was also God. He had the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit within him. And it was the embodiment of what had been prophesied and what was displayed in the Old Testament. The Ark of the Covenant, which carried God's presence. And then one day it lived in a temple in Jerusalem. King Solomon's temple. Then one day it had rolled out of the temple in the book of Ezekiel. God's spirit leaves the temple. And then through Jesus, God's spirit embodied now in a man named Jesus walks back into Jerusalem up to the same place where the temple stood, meaning the spirit of God was returning back to its proper place. And now in his death and his resurrection and his ascension, the body of Christ is universal it's around the world. Salvation has come to the world, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation, re relationship with God. It's back on offer. Free of charge. Grace ain't cheap. Grace is free. Preach it. Preach it. That's right. <laughs> and all of that happened because at a particular place in time, a girl went through the motions and had a baby. And that baby grew up, lived a normal, even life, had an occupation, had a career, had an occupation. He was a carpenter. He was a builder, meaning he worked in construction. He worked in the construction industry. He built houses for a living. He built furniture for a living. Blue collar work. Very noble. Very noble. It's how countries are, how nations are built. And he did it. 
and then he was compelled into ministry. We know the rest of the story. That's when he becomes famous, the last three years of his life, named Jesus. He went through the motions. God went through the motions in man, in a man named Jesus. God went through the motion. God was doing. God was doing. God wasn't just planning on doing. He was now doing it. And he had been doing it since Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15 tells us when the prophecy comes to Eve, I'm going to, you're going to have a child, and that descendant, that seed, will crush the head of the enemy, but not now. And it started all, and that line goes all the way through the Old Testament. God going through the motions. And then in Daniel, it takes greater shape. Daniel 9 tells us, if we have that, Nathan, Daniel 9. Daniel, who was a Jewish prophet, living not in Israel. He had never been to Israel. He was in Persia. He was a high, mighty military man, governmental official, high ranking. He had a lot of clout. He was also tuned into God. He gave a prophecy, bizarre prophecy, but it began to give shape and feature to what had been alluded to all through the Old Testament. Seventy-sevens, meaning 70 periods of seven, meaning 70 periods of seven years. Wow, that's math. 70 times 7 is 490, right. And this was taking place in 445 B.C. 445 B.C. is when the era that this prophecy comes about. 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for wickedness. Is there any more? Yeah. To bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up a vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. This is deeper prophecy. It will be rebuilt with a streets and trench, but in times of trouble. This is Daniel talking. Oh, there are, are there more? After the six, there are, let me keep reading. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And then it goes on and on. The point is, in around 445 is when the decree was given for the Israelites to go back to their homeland to rebuild the temple. And from that point, the prophecy is saying, the end will come like a flood, war will continue until the end in desolation. And that's just kind of, Flitters on out to the rest of the prophecy. But 770s, and people did not forget it. They began to count their calendar. Something was happening. So 500 year passes. 500 years, Persia falls. Uh, the Medes and the Persians fall. They're conquered by Greece and Alexander the Great. And then in Israel, you have the Maccabean dynasty come to power around 200 BC. Great Jewish leaders giving overture to what God was going to do later on down the line. And then Rome rises around 250 BC. And Rome begins to grow and expand. And then around 10 BC, 10 AD, that time, things begin to change. And there was a baby born. And no one knew about it except foreigners. There was a baby born in Israel, and only foreigners were looking for it. Only foreigners, wise men, three wise men. They were foreigners. They weren't from Israel. They were from other places. They were, for, for, they were from across the border. 
They were on the other side of the border. They were looking for it. They had been counting the stars for decades. And now they came to Jerusalem. They went to the mayor of the city, who was King Herod, and said, Hey, there's a king of the Jews born. All our oracles point to it. God, your God's doing something. Your God, your Jewish God is doing something. Not Jewish God, but the God of the Jews. We've been reading the oracles in our volumes for hundreds of years. We've been waiting. He's born. Did you know it? King Herod said, I don't know anything about it. And that's part of the Bible story. Reading the early parts of the book of Matthew. God was, watch my point, Victor. God was going through the motions. And at a particular place in time, he started doing in body, in flesh. John 1.14 tells us the word became flesh. The word became meat. The word became bone and tendon. The word had hair. The word had eyes. The word had a neck. The word had two feet, two hands. The word had a name. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the boy from Nazareth. He's a big deal. You're talking about him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's just a carpenter. But he was doing what he was doing. And in it, God blessed it. That's what Christmas is about. So I know there's been a lot of yammering and our switcher tried to shut us down, but we're going to carry on because that's what we do. And in the doing, God says, what will he do? He will bless it. It will succeed. You may go through highs and lows. You may have failure and defeat, but you keep on doing. And in the end, even the wicked things that happen to you, God will redeem for your benefit. Show enough. Show enough. This has been some good preaching. I got to say, I never got to run to my... Mm. My hair didn't, looks good today. High hair, you mean closer to heaven. I'm out of words. Three, two, one. With God, all things are possible. Green.